Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. I'm your host today, Dan Holman with the Wealthy Retailer. Uh, I've got my man from Road 55 Marketing, Rob Lollisher, gathered a bunch of great retail stories for this week that uh, we're going to talk about. Rob, good morning. Yeah, how's it going today? You know, cold as shit outside, man. I went for a little walk this morning and <laughs> whew, that was not a good idea. Well, frost on the pumpkin uh, out there, they like to say. Yeah, that, you come uh, in and your face is caked with ice. You know, it's like, you know, you think the beard's a good idea to keep you warm, yeah. but not really. We we made the mistake of complaining to our landlord that it was too cold last week, and oh. we're, we're sitting in a balmy thirty degrees <laughs> uh, this week. So uh, I, I think he's got yeah. our vengeance on us. Uh, a lot of good stuff this week, including Dan. I'm looking forward to this. Towards the end, we're going to have. Uh, a question from from some independent retailers that you know you get peppered with some different questions and i think what a great opportunity to kate we're going to pull one of them out and you're going to yep. address it head on and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that in addition we've got some stories we'll be chatting about uh one is five key themes for 2021 retail uh, that'll be great a uh, story about trends uh that will converge to really change retail even faster this year uh Story about returns. Well, you want to slow down your returns, fix your apparel sizing. So that should be interesting. And uh, well, we know they started with people, then food, and now they're delivering for retail. A little chat about Uber, as well as we'll just say delivery options uh, in general for independent retailers. So a lot of, lot of great stuff to uh, dive into. Our first one comes from uh, the managementone.com. And uh, it, it dives into what they say. These are the five key themes for retail for 2021. Uh, Dan, what were your thoughts here? Well, like I've said many times, Rob, anytime one of our partners shares information, you know, we glom onto it. We glom onto it because it's relevant to us. And retailers really do need to follow, you know, managementone.com. I've, I've said it, a, I don't know how many times. I'm going to say it again and again and again and again. You know, Management One is the leader, the leader in, in merchandise forecasting, and they're bringing themselves up after, you know, what 220 was as being one of the leading educators. And their purpose is really to bring education and intelligence or, or you know, merchandise intelligence to the retail world. So when they blasted out this, this great um, blog, you know, we jumped on it and couldn't agree more. Here are the five things that they've identified. There's no going backward in assortment planning, and I'll expound on them a little bit, but no going backward with your assortment planning, no going backward with your marketing and digital channels. Messaging and branding are paramount or key in 2021. And 2021 is going to be the tale of two halves. This is coming from, you know, a provider, a retail provider that probably works with more independent retailers on the continent than any other company. So they have a pretty good resource that they draw on. Uh, So 21 is going to be the tale of two halves. And then lastly for them was the requirement to build adaptability in your business. So let's start with number one. There's no going backward in assortment planning. Assortment planning is, is a key function within your retail store. Assortment planning takes your merchandise plan, you know, that higher level or categorical level structure demand and buying forecasts and breaks it down to a skew level. What skews am I carrying within my categories? And as, you know, vaccines roll out and things start to return to some semblance of normalcy 
um, the new normal will not be identical to sort of pre-COVID normal. Consumers' habits have already changed, Rob. We've already, you know, people learn very quickly. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but that's a fallacy. You know, we talked about, I think maybe last week, my, my mom and how she's kind of shifted, you know, a 70-something-year-old you know, shifting in in her buying habits and how they're buying. And my dad too. My dad is probably the greatest investigator online that I know of. You know, if something's broken, he figures out what it is, how it is, where it is, and he goes to his iPad to do that. So back to assortment planning, you know, they're, the, the consumer's habits are changing and their tastes and their needs are changing. And a retailer has to adapt to that new assortment that now matches the future needs and desires. There's no question people are longing to get out. And at some point, you know, we're going to see luxury wear or dress wear, you know, resurge, if you will, in 2021. But it's not right now. We need two halves you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about those two halves later. This is really about understanding the key categories in your store that that she he or she is supporting right now that reflect their changing lifestyles and take calculated risk to feed those categories okay so number two was really there's no going backward in your marketing and sales channels and the shares gained this year by ecom won't be reversed it's only going to continue to increase if done right and how we're talking you know, becomes our secret weapon as an independent retailer in marrying our brick and mortar store and our digital space, you know, that fidgetal, can't believe I said that word, but you know, that, get it, Dan. That get fidgetal, it. <laughs> you know, that fidgetal presentation that you're looking for, you know, now's not the time to ease up on figuring out your e-commerce. Now's the time to double down and improve your e-commerce platform. And, and in addition to e-com, you know, when I talk about marketing and sales, you have to have some mechanism. This is, this is great. You know, you have to have from management one, you've got to have a CRM system, you know, that is now this critical part of your technology stack. It plays a central role in selling to your customers and uncovering future prospects. So CRM, customer relationship management, almost every POS system has a cursory way of managing your customer relationship, but you really need to look at, you know, how do we get better, better data about our consumer? I think last week we talked about buyer personas, shopper personas, and really how do we start to exhume some of that data to really deliver better marketing. Okay, number three for management one was messaging and branding are key. And in a digitally led world, how you present yourself and the stories you tell via your store, your website, your emails, or your social media channels are critical. Customers need to know not just what you have, but who you are. We've talked about this persona, you know, the the store persona, the values and the why. And we had a great retailer question this week that we've included in our podcast that's going to talk about the who and why. Um, And so understanding that, it's important, you know, for us to recognize that customers want to buy from people 
that they admire, stores they admire. And funny enough, you know, that's the A in wealthy for us, being admired by your peers, by your customers, by your staff. You know, this admiration that people have comes from or begins with good messaging and good branding. Number four was, you know, 2021 is going to be this tale of two halves. So for the first half of year, half of the year, you know, our, our team at Management One is really forecasting for those, um, you know, apparel stores, a bit of a softer, a lot of retail, not just apparel, but a little bit of a softer start. And certainly we've seen a slower start to January than we've normally seen. January is typically, you know, big, heavy clearance you know, lots of activity in the store. It comes off of in Canada, Boxing Week, rolls right into our January, get out of winter and merchandise and get ready for spring. Well, we're going to see a bit of a slowed start. Um, And it's it's going to be sort of economically driven. And Management One will make reference to, we're sharing this article, by the way, with you in this week's newsletter. Management One will make reference to, you know, some economic stimulus that's got to get through Congress in the USA. Um, And in Canada, we're still in that place that we're, you know, we're grasping for some support as we maintain either closures or restrictive openings going forward. We're not able to do the business that we need to. And a lot of service in the second half, I believe, of 2021, and and Management One sort of, um, you know, highlights that, that a lot of the growth that's going to happen is going to land in, you know, restaurants, travel, gyms, personal services, that kind of thing. Things that the luxuries in life that we've missed out on or will miss out on in the first half. Well, you know, if you're an apparel retailer, you're going to feel some benefit in that. That retail therapy is going to come back. People are itching to get out and they're going to want to dress up, you know? So that being said, you know, Manage One believes that retailers of goods that boomed in 2020, i.e., you know, solo sports, you know, our ski stores, skate stores, you know, our bike stores, you know, are probably not going to feel the same level of success in, you know, late 21 or early 22 that we're living right now. So we need to be prepared. And number five, build adaptability into your business. We've said for a long time, Rob, that you have to be adaptable. And all four points that Management One highlighted above you know, require you to think and act differently in your business. That skill, the ability to absorb new information, devise a plan and take action quickly is critical for all business at all time. But, you know, speaking specifically about retailers or or our retailers, you know, we need to consider hiring people with backgrounds that are different from your own. Question your first response to important questions. Look outside your four walls. Consider, you know, all of these third-party apps that are out there and opportunities to really adapt to your changing place. You've got to be lean, right? You've got to, you want to be wealthy in retail? L for us is about being lean. Lean in presentation, lean in expense, lean in inventory, lean giving you the ability to adapt quickly, to shift, to dip, to dive, to dodge, to duck. That's Management One's five things uh, that they've highlighted today for 2021. That link will be included in our newsletter this week. So make sure that you're getting a copy of our newsletter. Seems rather apparent in this car that we call 2021. There is no reverse. <laughs> no reverse. That's right, brother. No yeah. reverse. Well, and and I will always like the saying of there's a reason that the rearview mirror 
smaller significantly than, smaller than your windshield, you know, 100%. plowing ahead, plowing yeah. ahead. So yeah. speaking of that, that takes us to our next story, Dan, uh, coming from Forbes.com, five trends that will converge to change retail even faster in, in 21. <laughs> if 20 wasn't fast enough for you, right? Uh, tell us a bit about this. Yeah, so Forbes really put together um, what I'm going to call a little bit high level, above my head, sort of technology-driven look okay. at you know what these five things are. So the five things were social commerce, third-party delivery marketplaces, hyper-local micro-fulfillment, wrap your lips around that one. Yep. Uh, Bopis, you know, you and I love Bopis, but with an indeterminate S on the end that we're going to talk about. And then computer vision way beyond where the indie retailer is today. But again, you know, really well put together article uh, from Forbes.com. We're going to include it in our newsletter. So what do they mean by social commerce? Really, it's about retail companies that invest in getting people from inspiration to click either on Instagram or other platforms in seconds will be the ones who, you know, will, who will be, still be standing at the end of 2021, not the other way around. So what do they mean by, you know, click? Again, Rob, let's go back to that buyer process, dreaming, exploring, selecting, and enjoying. They're dreaming on their phone when they're thumbing through. They're, you know, when they're inspired by a video, a reel, a TikTok, a live, you know, then they're clicking on it, which can take them immediately to a commerce platform. So retail companies that invest in getting people from, you know, inspiration, from inspiring them to click are the ones that are going to have success. Great this point whole with it, it is, is that inspiration, right? Yeah. It's not, don't jump right to the one click, like just, you know, the onus is on you yeah. to, to create that, that first part of the, the funnel for them. So, right, for sure. And this is really where TikTok is owning a lot of marketplace. You know, we talked about JJ's in Kootenai and, yeah. you know, the hot boss TikToks that now have over a million followers and the number one source of traffic is referral from TikTok. Saw your videos on TikTok. TikTok now part of Reels. You can yep. upload them on your Instagram, you know, Reels. And so there's some power there in having fun and being a bit, you know, maybe not the hot boss inspirational, but inspirational in the products that you're carrying and how, you know, they change your life or impact your life. Uh, number two for these guys was third deliver, third party delivery marketplace. At the end of the day, Rob, we've talked about this a ton. The last mile of delivery is is no more than a white label good and yet the industry's been so desperate it doesn't treat it that way you know the last mile of delivery is so difficult and i think we're going to talk about not i think i i now know i remember you know we're going to talk about rexall and the great partnership that rexall started with uber eats uh, and you know and finalizing that last mile of delivery and how does how does an indie retailer take advantage of that uh number three for them was that hyper local micro fulfillment and this really broken down means that retailers need to create a better pick and pack efficiency closer to the consumer, the pick closer to the consumer. The hyper local fulfillment at the store level is where most retailers, most indie retailers live today. They don't have big warehouses in the back or distribution centers right. that they go and pick and pack orders from. They're yanking stuff off their retail floor. And you know, retailers live this right now and have recognized how it's exploded of late. It was already growing prior to the pandemic, but the virus has really only accelerated that trend. And we need to be better and faster at fulfilling customer orders. That's part of 
you know, that experience. Number four was BOPIS <laughs> with yeah. an indeterminate S. Explain that to us. So BOPIS um, is traditionally known as, you know, buy online, pick up in store. And they're shifting this to say the indeterminate S is pick it up somewhere or something where if your store, if not in your store, pardon me, where can she pick up her goods? Yeah. Now, there are a ton of opportunities out there. You know, I, I, I talk lots of times, you know, in St. Albert about Jody um, from, from the big brown truck store, you know, the UPS store. The UPS store is way more than that. It's a great depot for cust customers to be able to pick up at, you know, their will what they need. Look at, you know, lockers in grocery stores that are popping up all over the place. Here's your code to your locker. Doot, 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 doot. Oh, there's your yeah. goods picked up at your convenience. You know, how do consumers now pick up at your store at their convenience? And that's really what BOPIS with this indeterminate S means, you know, buy online, pick it up somewhere, not always in store. We want them in our store, yeah, but not totally. always most convenient given the weird hours that we're seeing in retail today. And let's talk specifically about the indie retailer, not, you know, the, the best buys of the world or, or any other big chain Walmarts included that have the ability to, to roll 24 seven. And then their number five way over our head, you know, it's called computer vision and it's a field computer vision is a field of artificial intelligence that trains computers to interpret and understand the visual word world. And using images from cameras and videos and deep learning modules or models, machines can accurately, you know, tell us information about the consumer, about inventory. And certainly, you know, we see a little bit of that with RFID technology when we talk about inventory efficiencies. And really, this computer vision, you know, is, is way ahead of where we are, but it's really taking better retail operations and better customer experience and rolled into one. Um, but again, way ahead of where we are. Again, I, you know, I love to look at things that are beyond me. And I don't look at opportunity and say, oh, I can't do that. I look at these best practices, these tips, these things that are shared as, is it relevant to me? And how could I implement something like that in my business? Not, I can't implement in my business. Yeah. And, you know, start thinking about it now, like just planting a little bit of the seed. That these yeah. are some of the things. And We've touched on stuff, Dan, on the tech side, you know, I think a lot of like, as it relates to traffic counting mm -hmm. in, in the store and that, you know, the good, good starting point to, you know, we'll call it eventually Terminator vision where, where <laughs> it is that augmented reality. It is right on. Yeah. good stuff there. Um, folks, reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Canadian retail solutions. Uh, let Dan and his entire team. <laughs> help you find that cutting edge retail solution today. And there is a team folks, there's a whole bunch of them ready to help you. So visit retailbycrs.com from the latest point of sale software, merchandise intelligence, open to buy plans. You wanna open that e-commerce store, like they, they will help you. <laughs> yeah. okay. We're a small team, but a mighty team with a massive resource pool. So we've got some stuff. Right on, okay. Uh, here's a story coming from retaildive.com, Dan, and uh, a lot in as e-commerce grows, you know, so does this this world of uh, returns. And it talks about if you want to, you know, slow that down, really need to zero in on how to fix apparel sizing. So what are, what are your thoughts here? Uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Apparel sizing is a challenge. And the number one reason for a return, you know, 
in retail, all of retail is um, fit. And speaking firsthand, sizing is the most challenging bridge to cross for retailers, especially those that are private labeling goods or even better, manufacturing their own goods. Right. Um, according to NF, uh, NRF, National Retail Federation, consumers returned about $428 billion, with a B. Almost, a, almost a half a trillion dollars a worth of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, with a T, <laughs> half a trillion dollars worth of merchandise last year, yeah. you know, which really represents almost 11 percent of total retail sales so here we are talking to our indie retailers and i want you to ask yourself what are my return rates are they more than 10 or 11 percent are they less where should my benchmark be and then ask yourself why are things being returned if fit is one of those reasons I can tell you that there's a way to curb that. And, and before that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about this article. And it's, it came from Retail Dive. And I should have mentioned that Karen Vambar is the author. Love this girl. Sassy, you know, a bit maybe lippy like me. Uh, really hammered hard on the apparel world. And how even products from the same brand change, sizing changes from season to season. Well, that all goes back to manufacturing. So this is my... This is my gotta do, my tip, um, if you're an apparel retailer. When showcasing products, you've gotta describe the models. It's the number one mistake that retailers make when they're talking you know, to, their, to their audience. They're, they're showcasing product and they're not describing the model that's wearing the product. You know, We don't wanna see still product shots. We wanna see people inside the product sitting on the sofa. I wanna know how tall they are. You know, It's five, six, 130 pounds, wearing a medium, and this fits true to size. You know, Tell people when they can size up or down. Hey, the fit is generous, so we recommend sizing down. Or, you know, these are a little bit undersized, so we suggest sizing up, ladies. Yep. You know, and sharing that, that piece in your story that makes it, that ties it to the audience that's looking at it. You know, if you're not a 250-pound guy, 5'9", you know, you, you probably aren't in the same fit scale as I am. And so, you know, me showing me this tight, little, thin V-shaped dude, yep. you know, wearing a shirt doesn't make that shirt fit me. It doesn't give me that point of relevance. And I'll tell you that Michelle um, from Elle's Closet Boutique does an absolutely fabulous job of you know, defining sizing. I'm in my normal medium. I am this tall. You know, I'm in my normal medium yeah. and it fits very well. Ah, I've, I've actually sized down in this. I'm not in my normal medium. So people can start to now make a correlation. And I'm going to tell you that every retailer we talk to, the returns come not, not because of style or it's because of how it fits. It doesn't fit the way they want it to. It doesn't make them feel the way they anticipated. Interesting. You, you, uh, when you look on the ad side of the business, you know, you're trying to put the right content in front of the right audience, but you think right. when they come to you, to your store, you know, think with that same hat on, uh, let's make sure we're putting the right content in front of the right audience and not, I, I know that's a challenge and I, right. I know the steps involved to do that, but I think that's a bit of a challenge for everyone to take away and think a little bit about, okay, what might I do when, when, 
um, we'll say big fella Rob uh, shows up at my online store versus skinny Dave, you know, and, and what might the experience be a little right. different on, on that front. Yeah, cool. And I think it's a miss for a lot of apparel retailers that they're not describing who's wearing it on their, in their, in their online platforms, whether that's on their website or, you know, in these great live videos that they're doing. And, and so many of them are doing really good work. And it's just a tiny miss that will, if in fact, perhaps create a return. And again, Rob, this is about you going back and analyzing data. What's my return rate? Where's my benchmark? Is it acceptable? Don't waste your time if you got a 3% return time or return rate. Don't, don't sweat it. Don't ignore yeah. it. But let's, you know, let's focus on bigger fish to fry in your business. And there are always... Yep. you know, things to improve. We've got to believe in this Kaizen approach to business. Now you, you'd said, uh, sorry if I was wrong, but this was about 11% of, of the full market that was yep. coming full back. market, you know, showed yep. about 11% returns last yep. year. Now that's a big market, obviously, right, and right. is 10% an acceptable return rate that every store is going to have a different return rate and different reasons. And every time a return comes back, you need to know why I can tell you working hand in hand, you know, with Candace at Twig and Berries, the number one reason for a return there is fit. And, you know, products are coming from five or seven different countries and every, you know, 25 or 35 different vendors and every vendor, you know, has a different size scale. Even their own products have different size scales. You know, the products that, you know, Candace is manufacturing, you know, or, or the team over there at Twig and Berry's manufacturing has different size scales. And you've got to sort of recognize that and, and, be forthright with those sizes, those challenges. They happen vendor to vendor. I mean, our best vendors have weird sizing sometimes. Yeah, right on. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, our, our next story um, comes from re retailinsider.com talking about Uber and retail, you know, went from people to pizzas to, you know, now delivering yeah. uh, for Rexall in this particular case. What are your thoughts here, Dan? Rob, we've talked about this last mile, the pain about the last mile of delivery a thousand times. Um, and this is just really a great initiative. And I loved, you know, that Retail Insider picked up on this. Rexall, you know, it's got about 200 stores in Canada, really Western Canada. And they've, they've formed this partnership with Uber Eats to, to pick up and deliver from their store directly to their customers. And, you know, what can the indie retailer do? Well, why not make Uber Eats available to your customer so she can schedule a pickup at, at her convenience? And, and more than that, you could schedule deliveries that are convenient for her. And there are efficient, cost-effective delivery options popping up in most of our major cities. And if you're a Shopify user, you might remember, you know, five or six years ago, Shopify announced a partnership with Uber to handle last mile of delivery. Not sure really that it came to fruition, but there's a lot of competition in that space. And having received a delivery from an Uber driver from one of our local stores in Edmonton recently, I thought, you know, good on you. You didn't have the ability, the time, the capacity to jump in your truck and drop it off for me, but you were smart enough to get it to me fast. Yep. And this really speaks to that, you know, um, hyper local micro fulfillment strategy that then gets it delivered very quickly. The number one comment that we hear back from local stores that do same day delivery yep. is I ordered it at two o'clock and it was on my porch at 430 you know, the immediate delivery, that immediate satisfaction versus the, you know, sometimes two to four weeks that it takes to buy products or to receive products yep. from some of the big dudes. Excitement's a little uh, gone at that point, I'd say. Right. Yep. 
Right. And as this demand, if you're a Shopify user, you know, they continue to integrate with local delivery services. And we're going to see more and more of this in the second half of 2021 as the year progresses and the demand continues to increase. Consumers have shifted. They're happy, more than happy. They're longing to support the local retailer, but they still want, you know, efficiency. Do uh, we hear a lot, Dan, in the media about stories about Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, yep. as it relates to restaurants, mm-hmm. the the significant percentage they're taking of, of the sale? Is it is it similar in retail or is it, you know, that's the price of business? You just got to figure out. You got to figure out how to manage how to this. Yep. If my consumer wants next day delivery on anything that's on my floor, I've got to figure out how to get it to them. And uh, it doesn't mean that it has to be free, Rob. It means you have to figure out how to get it to them. And the higher your purchase price, the higher your average sale, the more opportunity there is inside that to build in some some delivery options. And this is not about, I I can't afford to do this. This is about, I can't not afford that. I I, I can't not do this. I've got to figure out a way to satisfy my consumer. And there are tons of local delivery options that are, you know, 10, 12 bucks. The challenge that you hear with the restaurants, they're giving up 20 or 30 points, you know, is, is overshadowed by the savings of that person serving cleaning. I mean, think about what it looks like when you walk into a restaurant, how much it costs for you to walk into a restaurant and be greeted by a hostess sat at a clean table, brought cutlery, brought, you know, water, bread, blah, 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 served and so on. Well, there's an expense to that. And we've some reason for some reason, restaurateurs have have glommed on to the hatred, you know, for skip the dishes because of how much they take. But, you know, I gained a customer. So it's part of my marketing budget. I saved or perhaps expanded my occupancy rate by doing that at the expense of 20 points on, you know, on the meal. And let's talk about the average skip the dishes delivery at $55, you know, 20 points is that, you know, 10 or $12 delivery fee that every retailer out there is paying right now. So let's not cry the blues. Yeah. And, and, and throw your lifetime value hat on when, and rather than just simply looking at that transaction, especially on the retail front. Right. And, and like, look, this isn't going to be the only way, hopefully that they, they interact with you, but don't, don't treat it just as that one. And and again, challenge back to you. Find a way to find hey, a way. You, you paid a little bit more for this transaction. Right. But find them a way to get them in the store. Find a but way Rob, to, to sell yeah. them more. And let's remember that, you know, Uber Eats came out, Skip the Dishes came out, DoorDash. Like they lots of these guys owned a good piece of the market share and were able to charge, you know, a pretty fair rate, a pretty aggressive rate. That's going to change as more and more totally. competition, you know, rears its its beautiful head. You know, we're going to see change in the way that the pricing structures are laid out, and it's going to become more cost effective for the retailer. Yeah. Okay, Dan, I'm excited about this. Uh, like you said, a lot of lot of questions coming your way from different retailers, and so you you've grabbed one of these questions this week. And, and uh, maybe tell us a bit, not only about this question, but for anyone listening who has Maybe a question percolating how they can they can get that to you in the future. Yeah, for sure. And Rob, you know, we get questions every week and I always 
you know, I always, you know, respond as quickly as I can, you know, to an email that comes to Dan at the wealthy retailer.com. Um, I respond as quickly as I can, but I thought, you know, hey, we really should be talking about these questions that come because if one retailer has a question, you can bet your ass another one has yeah, the same question. Totally, totally. So this came from Carrie in Newmarket, Ontario, and she wrote, um, I'm having trouble hiring the right people. Do you have tips for interviewing, interviewing and hiring good people? And um, there was there was a little bit more depth inside that. But that's really, you know, the, the, the bulk of the question. And so I'm going to say to Carrie and anyone else that's listening, when it comes to hiring the right people and putting them in the right seat in your organization, you start with core values. You start with hiring, interviewing, hiring um, uh, rewarding and reprimanding your team based on on values. What are your core values? But for this answer, I want to set aside um, the core values and look at who is trying to join your team, what those applicants are, and what you really need. So I'm going to use this example, a who example. I'm going to use armed forces to start. So there's three types of people who join the army or any armed forces. For some, it's a job. For others, it's a family tradition. And then there are the patriots, the defenders that join, Rob, for the greater good. Well, in retail, we see the same types of people with slightly different descriptions. Um, you know, we have those that are in it as a family tradition. We talked about JJ's in Kootenai a little while ago. Well, JJ's in Kootenai is a, is a 70, I think it's 73 or 43, yeah, 47 well, year old, 50 years old. Yeah. 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 50 year old business, you know? So for Rylan, it's a family business. Rylan is the name of the manager there, which you got to follow their reels or their TikToks. They're fabulous. JJ's in Kootenai. Hot boss. <laughs> yeah, the hot boss. You know, they've just done a great job of amassing a million followers. So, sorry, we sidetracked there. So let's just talk about those that are, you know, they're in it for the, it's family tradition and that's how they land in retail. Well, then we have those that come to us that need a job and they're typically here for the money and will do whatever they have to to get that dollar. Those people are often blended, you know, with personality types that long for fame. And anyone that longs to be famous will sacrifice dollars to achieve it. You know, they'll they'll start a podcast, you know, just to be famous and toss away <laughs> how much that costs just to achieve some level of fame. But really, you know, people are in it to do good, to make, you know, make change to be famous or to make money and fame and fortune kind of always sort of tied together. And in our retail audience and that, in that candidate audience, they are no different. We have the people, you know, that need a job and they do it for the money. And then we have my favorite, our retail patriots, Rob. They're the defenders. They're here for the greater good. They protect our reputation and our results and they treat your business as if it were theirs. You know, they treat it like it was theirs. It's that close to them. And in your store, you know, we need a comfortable blend of, I need a job, I do it for the money, I do it for the fame, and patriots. You know, people that are here for the, for the greater good. That's how we thrive in retail. So when you look at your audience today, pardon me, when you look at your team today, yep. you know, start to silo 
the types of personalities. You know, no one gets a job unless they are, you know, somewhat aligned with our values. If they're misaligned with our values, they shouldn't be allowed in the door. But so that that audience that you have really speaks to who you are. And look at the gaps. Is everybody here for the greater good? Or do I have a comfortable blend of greater good and and driven for money or fame? And make sure that we have this comfortable spread. So for Carrie, I said, you know, let's look at the people that you're interviewing and ask questions to try to determine what type of people they are. You know, and Plus32 puts out some really great interview questions in determining someone's personality type. You know, are they in it for the right reason? Are they, do they need a job? You know, are they doing this for the money? They got to pay their bills. Those are good people to have around when effectively properly coached. And then you need your patriots, the people that are ultra protective and will sacrifice a dollar, you know, to do the right thing for the business. They're protective of reputation and belief system. And then I'm going to say, Rob, I would be remiss if I didn't mention there's one more type of person that goes out looking for a gig that looks for a job. And uh, my friend Kay in Virginia will will connect on this one. Some applicants come to us because they're bored and they're looking for something to do. And I tell you, be very, very careful of hiring that personality type, that person that's bored. They're generally, you know, quite self-indulgent. Um, don't give a shit about your systems, your needs, your vision. The, you know, they're filling a gap. The tennis, you know, the tennis wife, the, the you know, the person that doesn't have, you know, there may be kids are grown or kids are in school and they don't have a professional career and they're looking to fill time. That's self-serving. That's self-indulgent. So you have to be cautious about hiring that person because they typically, like I say, you know, aren't really aligned with your vision. Don't give a shit about your vision. It's, it's yeah. quite, you know, self-serving what they're doing. So no, it's an interesting take. Yeah. I, I really like the, you know, really thinking about the seats on the bus and, and just kind of, there, there's different people you need on your team and, and you're going to get these in, in the interview process and not right. to, to just, these are my interview questions, regardless of the position, regardless of the person and really look for those opportunities right. to find the best fit on the team. Yeah. And Rob, we've said this before. We make the mistake as retailers, we make this, this sometimes fatal mistake of hiring people based on skill and experience. Yeah. It doesn't matter where they come from. The best thing that you can do is hire people that come from outside your little four wall world, you know, allow them to expand the, the, I mean, one of the greatest attributes of a, of a really strong leader is the ability to delegate and elevate to unique ability, right? You've got to be able to get to that where you belong and let go of the vine. So other people can do what they do. And so when hiring Carrie and everyone else, you know, look at the team you have perform your gap analysis. You know, do I have too many Patriots? Do I have too many in it for the money? Do I have too many board housewives? And how do I now need to start to blend in my team? And you start that interview process. And there are three steps in the interview process. There is the get to know you. The 15 minute, is there an attraction? The second one is the 
core values interview is really examining who this person is and do they fit within my organization? And then the third step is, you know, the capacity, the talent, the skill, the, you know, this is where I go. And every converse, every interview conversation or every interview process should start with a 15 minute phone call. Am I attracted to this person? And ask questions like, why did you apply? What drew you? What attracted you to this ad or this? Why are you looking to work here? What is it about us that attracted to you? And, you know, we can we can smell bullshit a mile away. So be wary of great salespeople, you know, that can sell their way into your organization. Good stuff. Thanks for the question, Carrie. And uh, folks, if you've got one. Zip an email to dan at thewealthyretailer.com and, and let's get those questions rolling. And I, I promise I won't always highlight the who in the podcast, um, <laughs> but I will always answer the question directly to yep. you in confidence and then perhaps share a tip that others are going to find yep. valuable. Right so please, Good please, stuff. please send it off to dan at thewealthyretailer.com. And while you're doing that, jump on thewealthyretailer.com or retail by CRS and subscribe to our weekly newsletter where we share, of course, the podcast and all the stories that we talk about, but lots of other good stuff in that, you know, point of sale and e-com and inventory planning world um, and share the stories that we believe, you know, have some relevance to you, the independent retailer. Yeah. In addition to today's stories that we talked about, there's a few more links in this week's podcast. There's one about uh, when an independent retailer goes online and and not only for their own shop, but actually becomes the digital mall themselves. So I thought right. that was great. Story about vans, uh, their foot the bill program. It's a, uni- a unique opportunity that they extend to their vans family. Interesting there. Uh, link to the story about the redevelopment and reimagination of retail sites. We're probably going to see a lot of that going forward. And uh, a story about package-free stores, how the zero-waste lifestyle movement is uh, boosting uh, retail trends. So uh, you'll probably get some enjoyment out of that. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. Yeah, thank you, sir. Great week. Lots of good stories. Lots of good stuff to chat about. So, yeah. Look, And again, you know, hit us up on the newsletter. We'll make sure that we're, we're sharing good information with you. Subscribe to the podcast. We're, we're here every week. Um, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week. Awesome. After retail. Yeah, yeah. Cheers.